Who wants, tell you, who wants a pot of coffee? I just make coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now, it's time for the man with the caffeine. The new tropics for the brain. It's Coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Everybody, welcome back to Java Chat. We got a good one for you today. I swear I'm going to call Steve Harvey and see if I can borrow that just for the licensing. We have, we have Catherine Jansen Burkett here. Catherine has a master's in public health from the University of Washington. She got that back in 92. She spent over a decade in public health managing violence prevention and teen health programs. Okay, first off, thank you for doing that because that's like mm. huge. That's, that's mm. very needed. Over time, she experienced an inner stirring. She, what ensued was a process of reflection, curiosity, and ultimately trust as she dove into her current career as a licensed professional counselor, which I assume you still are. I am. Okay. And following in the footsteps of her father, who was also a therapist, oh, this is cool, who was also a therapist. She graduated in 04 from Lewis and Clark. Awesome. And has now been in private practice for about 17 years. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Offering not only holistic psychotherapy, but retreats and workshops as well. This is cool. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Catherine Jansen Burkett. Thank you so much for joining us here on Java mm -hmm. Chat. Thank you uh, so much for having me. Yeah, this is, this is you're going to have to go into a bit of how this all played out. Obviously, I just kind of uh, read a, a, a little bio, but I mean, that's, that's a journey. Yeah. I mean, it's a journey. Tell us how this all unfolded. I mean, what? I mean, obviously, Dad was a therapist. Did you ever think you were going to follow him and just kind of take off into that realm? <laughs> no, and it was actually in a personal retreat that the kind of call from the universe, I call it, came to me when we were just—I was 39 years old, and really happy in public health, had kind of my life pretty situated, had great benefits, yeah. and it just really came to me. And so I was a surprise. So, you know, I've been in therapy, just working with my trauma and I could share more about that, what my journeys look like. So in that way, I'm not surprised, but no, I was actually going to be an attorney and then I took a health class and it was like health kind of grabbed me. So, I mean, you think about it, that completely divergent. If you look at it, you're talking yeah. legal and yeah. health. One not really at all associated no, with the other. No, exactly. And I went to when I went to Lewis and Clark, there was an attorney who was in his early sixties, mm -hmm. deciding for to go into like, okay, I've done that, like left brain stuff, I've had and of that. it's time to do something different, right? Exactly. So, so, exactly. So, what was that moment like? I mean, obviously, you're off at a retreat, and all of a sudden, you just because everybody's experience is different. Some people, it's just a thought and all of a sudden they move. Some people, it's, a, it's an actual experience and all of a sudden it's like, okay, what do I do now? Kind of thing. Well, I'm going to tell you a story that's pretty intense about how they run those kinds of moments because I was yeah. in a small group. Okay. So you're to name this dream and it's just like, I want to be a therapist. And it just kind of came out of my, like, that's, it just got clear. But this is what's weird, Mike. Instead of what you would think on a, re, a personal retreat where everybody's just like, you can do it. Yay. Go, Catherine. Right. Their, their focus was you as a small group, and we did this with each other, mm -hmm. you need to tell her you can't do it. You don't deserve it. You already wow. have a master's degree. What are you thinking? What about the children? To the point where it revved up an engine inside of me. It was a very intense personal retreat. Yeah. Where yeah, I no was doubt. like, I can do it. 
yeah, it be it grew such a yes, such a resounding yes, that then when I got home to my husband, who was not in resistance to it, but kind of uh -huh. like, really? <laughs> I'd already like, there was nothing anybody could say. I got so clear. So it was a really counterintuitive kind of way. That's a very counterintuitive um, type of retreat. I mean, I, I get the premise of what they're doing. They're, they're literally taking the inside normal imposter voice and putting it outside so that your that's body goes, exactly. no, no, that's we're doing right. this. Yeah, that's, that's right. I get yeah. that premise. That's pretty, that's gotta have been a, holy crap. That's intense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, so you, so you come home and your hubby's looking at you like, all right, what now? Where does it go from there? I mean, it wasn't Lewis, it wasn't Lewis and Clark that you were, or was that where you were picking up the That's where I got my master's. Okay. And I thought, you know, I want to go. And there's so many great programs when you take sure. on psychotherapy, especially I kind of have a kind of a spiritual component to my practice and certainly in my own life. And uh -huh. so there's just great programs. But uh -huh. I also was raising children, working still at the health department. And so Lewis and Clark is a great school. But yeah. what wasn't my first choice became really, really a great fit. And that was three miles from my house. So, so I was you were thrilled. Doing this, you were doing this while building your family? Oh, yeah. I have six children. I was they wow. weren't all living with me. Yes. Not, yes, we're a blended family. So um, raising children, still working. I was literally on field trips, reading a chapter, you know, and then going to the right. pumpkin patch and then, you know, on the bus <laughs> with the first graders, doing homework with my children. You know, it was, it was a different kind of experience. I would I was, say it's a different was, kind of experience, but you get super yeah. focused. When you get that, though, and I've seen this before, you, you get this in super focus kind of or hyper focus as some of it's called in some cases, where even in the midst of all of the, the chaos, it's still somewhat organized. Um, oh, totally. And, you know, it was close to home. And, you yeah. know, there's an energy when you are tapped into a calling. And I feel lucky because I work with many people and certainly even friends or sometimes some of my now they're all adult children have mm -hmm. like, what is, what is, what am I here for? Like, what's my purpose? And right. that's always been low hanging fruit for me. It was clearly I was going to be an attorney and then it was clearly that I was <laughs> to be involved in health and then this. So, and I just want to give a shout out to my, one of my main crisis happened at 16 years old. So I quit high school. So part of how I am so glad for my educational journey is I, I don't have a high school diploma. I have a GED and it, I but never, you still, but thought. you still, but you still have a master's and a doctorate, right? Two masters, two yeah. masters, dual. Yeah. 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 Hey guys, did you hear that? A GED can kill it. Did you hear that? <laughs> That's that's the truth of the matter. There's no excuses. Yeah. Please continue. I'm sorry. I just I had no, to say no that. worries. No worries. <laughs> no worries at all. Yeah. So how I'm also here is I wrote a book kind of about my journey and it wasn't so much that I had ever planned for that either. That also came to me about 10 years ago as a this just needs to be what I ultimately offer my children because mm -hmm. I can't be their therapist, but it mm -hmm. really was came to me as a here's the book. It's on wakefulness. It includes an inner world stuff, outer world stuff. So it's a lot of actually what I work with within my practice, you know. What's um, the title of the book? The title of the book is very Pacific Northwestern, River to Ocean, Living in the Flow of Wakefulness. So the first few aspects of wakefulness are like, the first one is relationship to ourselves, 
freedom from the mind because so many people get trapped in they're at the mercy of their thinking and then mindfulness. Can we dig into that for a second? Because I we swear that's totally going on so that. much right now. That just that that whole thing just people have become so distracted with them with themselves and with everything that's going on around them that I swear that just right there, there is none. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I know that's a, that's a very general statement, but it just seems like nobody cares. They're not paying mm. attention to anything mm. and they're paying yeah. attention to all the outside voices. And that's completely yes. swayed them off of what they're supposed to be, who they're supposed to be and where they're headed. I mean, am I, am I, am I calling that pretty right? Yeah. I just, you know, the mind and our culture that actually kind of worships thinking, that's a strong <laughs> word, but I, I think it's, oh, just, I it's think it's pretty damn close. I think it's close. And but then if we marry that, Mike, with the fact that the research has said that at, at some crazy level, the content of our thoughts are inaccurate. Yeah. So the mind, talk about fake news. If our mind <laughs> is telling us lies <laughs> and we do not have capacity to either understand that thoughts need to sometimes stream by, don't own your thoughts and don't let them own you, or actually have practices where we challenge our thoughts. Like just because mm -hmm. I think it doesn't mean it's true. And if I'm depressed or I'm anxious, did that depression or anxiety Proceed the thought or follow the thought. Right. If I have depressive thoughts, I'm going to have an, even a body experience. If right. I have anxious thoughts, it doesn't mean that the, there are not, that obviously with COVID, things are uncertain. So some of that's real stuff. Oh, yeah. But just having, it really was needed to be the second chapter, relationship to self, and then immediately working with the mind. Because that's so much where our mental health lies. <laughs> Or mental illness and lack of peace. I swear so. that's where I swear that's where a lot of the the latter generations behind us, because you know, when we were growing up, I, forgive me for going down this road. And I come from the islands, you know. Mm -hmm. You had problems. It was suck it up, take a lap, you know, do some push-ups or something like that. There was no mental health in our years. I mean, yeah, there were therapists, and I I saw mine too back in the day, but th it wasn't a huge thing. And it's become such a huge thing that the now generations over-focus on it. And just what you said right there with a depressive thought happens. Was your depression before or after that? Mm -hmm. And I swear exactly. they, don't pay, they don't pay attention to it. They wait that the thought comes and they're depressed after or their anxiety comes after. And it's like, oh, I'm I have anxiety attacks. I'm like, well, look at what you're thinking about. That's right. Well, I, sometimes my clients are shocked when I'm like, of course you're depressed. <laughs> I of course you're anxious. Sounds like things are working exactly as they would, but I can help you with I'm, that. I'm pulling my buddy from Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> what, what about this? Do you not understand? <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, exactly. I guess I would also say we don't have enough of maybe the right way to be in I terms of what too. I would uh, frame as mental, mental health as a mental health provider. I don't even think of myself as kind of a mental health worker. I think yeah. of myself as a healer. I think of myself accompanying people and undoing aloneness. I, I educate people on their inner process so that they, they don't need eventually to pay me. They begin to understand their whole system differently. You know what gets me? I want to find out why is not what you're talking about right now being taught to our youth? Why is it not out there? I don't see it. Well, yeah, I that's that's a good point. Because by the time they get by the, the time book. they get yeah, mm -hmm. by the time they get to you, it's like you you've you've already you've already taken the shot over the edge. I gotta bring you back from the edge. 
Right. Something like one of the key parts in relationship to self is worth. So by the time I meet people, mm -hmm. they not only have stopped believing they're good enough. They live in a culture where we have to prove our worth. It comes from something. If we were a baby and didn't think we were good enough, we wouldn't cry. The other baby mm -hmm. next to us would have been better than us. We, we didn't, it, it's not innate. Right. We have innate worth. But those, those conditioning forces then become, if that's what I believe, then I have this thing in my mind called confirmation bias. And I keep experiencing evidence in my life that will reinforce the current belief system I have. So a whole lot of therapy to me is about remodeling and re and looking at the inner scaffolding. Is that that confirmation bias? It's interesting you run down that because that it runs around in my world a lot. And I'm not in health. I'm in marketing. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> so it is everywhere. It, yes. it runs a lot in our in our industry. When you're talking about your your mind's looking for it, you're gonna find it. You remember the old? You, I had a critical thinking professor back in college that told us, "Hey, by the way, your mind looks for what you you tell it to look for." So on your way yeah. home, you guys look for Mercedes Benz, and I want to see how many you guys see tomorrow. And we all came it. back. Everybody saw like four or five, maybe six, and he's like, "All right, how many Toyotas did you see?" Nobody could remember. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, not to frighten your listeners, but this is how powerful confirmation they're, they're, bias is. They're big people. They can handle it. Okay. I love this. <laughs> yes. They've had their coffee, right? That's so right. They better have they their coffee if they want to be That's listening right. to this. Fight. That's right. And I have a funny story about coffee too, to tell you if you want to hear it. Yes, um, I do. <laughs> but the not only experiencing like confirmation bias, the mind mm -hmm. selects out mm -hmm contradictive evidence mm -hmm. and then the step further we create evidence to support so when oh. i go to the oh. yoga class because i have a belief that i don't belong a core right. belief because of that belief i behave in a way right i yep. i might come late i definitely sit at the back yeah i i don't engage with people because mm -hmm. i have this sense of i'm on the outside looking in mm -hmm. now how if you're in the middle of the yoga class is that the person you're gonna walk up to you probably think wow they they need to kind of right so then it's like wow no one's interacting with me yeah i set it up and now this is actually <clears throat> direct experience it's yep. not even the mind Yep. It's actually that, you know, everybody seemed to be, you know, talking to the, each other and mm -hmm. the teacher mm -hmm. and I got left out again. So that is heartbreaking to me. It is. That we, the system works like that. But again, once we know the system in a loving way, we can be the master of our mind. Absolutely. It's not about not having a mind. You, if I didn't have a mind, we wouldn't have had this appointment. Like it really is a great tool thinking, but it is not the be all end all. It's, it's interesting that you put it that way. It's a really wonderful tool thinking. <laughs> just you know there's some days <laughs> where i wonder if that word is actually used when yeah, people are progressing in their life because you just look at them and go my head hurts why right. did you do that why did you say that why did you think that why you know yeah and it's and, and you gotta you gotta kind of wonder and i do it to myself too like you said we have our own self-conversations I think at my age now, I've had more walks down by the river with myself than I ever have mm, to, to yeah. basically go, okay, what was that? <laughs> right. Well, and what I guess I would say, and this is kind of a little, you know, 
I'm, I'm the therapist on your show, so I'll give the plug for psychotherapy and, and understanding psychodynamics. When we're thinking, what aren't we doing? Mm -hmm. We're not feeling in our body, and our body actually, there's more and more research that says our body is cueing us, and very, these, they, there is no separated parts of the brain anymore. They're all working together. And what mm -hmm. also aren't we doing when we're thinking we're not feeling? And emotions are not just about, oh, I feel, that's good. Feelings, once they're truly um, experienced core emotions, it leads to adaptive action. Mm -hmm. So actually that is behavioral. But if I don't, if I shut down my emotions, because I'm always in my head and thinking those untrue thoughts that I don't challenge, then I'm really, um, kind of screwed because <laughs> so much of my system cannot give me what I need to navigate my life. And that works both ways. I mean, if you, if you, you can't separate the two, they have to work together. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's, there are people that I've, I've, I have good friends are like, you know, if you ever have to make a decision about a woman, don't listen to your heart, listen to your head. And I'm like, yeah, but if, if I do that, I'm not feeling anything. And my head's just going to be thinking one thing. And it may not be correct. This is well, well, the other thing is, right, this idea of more integrative, holistic mm -hmm. um, existence and living and decision making mm -hmm. and engaging. And mm -hmm. so there's another one too, which is intuition. Mm -hmm. Like, what are, and that may not at all make logical sense, but as a lot of it, times you it know, doesn't, from what I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was not that many years ago. I'm, I don't know which island you're speaking of, but the Hawaiian island I was that's, on. That's where I'm from. I probably saved my life and my husband's life just by not getting into what looked like waves that were fine and safe. And then I got the no and he got really tumbled in the crevice with the lava, but there weren't two of us. And so it's so powerful to start to access all of our existence and, and what that brings to our life. This is just like, this is, first off, I'm already having fun. This is, this is <laughs> We, we, we do need to take a short 30-second break. We're going to take a short pause, guys, and we'll come back. And you guys know about the second section. We're going to start getting into the whys, the, uh, the inspirations, what inspires Catherine and, and what keeps her moving on this. So we'll be back in 30, and we'll, we'll keep digging. And we're back here at Java Chat, visiting with Catherine Jensen-Burkett. She is a mental, th mental health therapist. How, how would you describe yourself? Well, if per license, a licensed yeah, um, but I mean, counselor, right? That's but a piece, yeah, that's I, a, piece, a, a piece psychotherapist. Different. Psychotherapist, um, okay. Yeah, um, and we I were... hope to be coacher, coach, healer, friend. I mean, there's a lot in the mix when you I'm do. Sure, yeah, I well, deep work. I I think I think friend is absolutely the best goal to be. I just mm -hmm. just in general, no matter who you're working with, I I tend to move into that realm some people in business tell me oh you can't be everybody's friend i'm like well i can be a friendly acquaintance that's good enough there you go yes and yeah. when i sat with my dad before he passed and he did never do private practice but there was a little bit of an overlap between when he was done and i he i said just what's your advice like yeah. what what what's going on in the room yeah. <laughs> he yeah. just looked at me and he said catherine just love him yeah just love them. I mean, I'm not necessarily going to say that, but that's a felt experience. Yeah. And that is so therapeutic. There's such aloneness right now mm -hmm. in the world yep. and isolation, even in a way we do life and can do life. And COVID hasn't helped that. So yeah. <laughs> oh, friends. COVID's only <laughs> exasperated it. Yeah. So, so this section, we usually talk about how, what, you know, what motivates, what inspires, like who were some of the people you looked up to, maybe some of the books that you've read that, that have driven you along your path 
to where you're at now. And then maybe we can talk a little bit more about some of the things, like you just, you mentioned the big one, aloneness. I swear that's been driven by fear. You know, in, in our days, it was just don't talk to strangers. Now it's don't talk to anybody. And it's like, when the hell did that come in? You know, so yeah. what are some of the things that have pushed you in this direction? And then what keeps you going? Well, you know, I got pushed in this direction because I was suicidal and attempted suicide at 16 and had to climb my way out through a GED, through leaving Roseburg, Oregon and moving to San Francisco mm -hmm. to not being 200 pounds anymore and starting to not violate my body through food addiction. Like, so, so many teachers along the way, I would say Tara Brock, who actually, I thankfully endorsed my book. She does a lot of work around the trance of unworthiness. Mm -hmm. She's uh, both a Buddhist herself and a psychotherapist, mm -hmm. does lots of retreats. She's uh, radical acceptance is a book she wrote long ago. And my own therapist, I give a shout out to David Rico. He also was a psychotherapist in Santa Barbara. He wrote The Five Things You Cannot Change and the Happiness You Find by Embracing Them. Brene Brown, The Gifts of Imperfection. Those of I'm going to need all the titles to these books. I love way. this, right? <laughs> you know, those of us that struggle with perfectionism as a response to a felt sense of unworthiness, when um, we need start? it. Well, it starts with some, usually some kind of fracture to the sense of self, but it's interesting because one of my children, a couple of them were readers for my book and I have in my book a section on intrinsic worth. Then I have practices because I believe we can't just have ideas. We actually right. have to, do something. we have to create the neural pathways, yeah. but then I have a story and I had one of my clients by permission, obviously without his real name, tell his story about how he didn't feel worthy and he had an absent father. That's kind of the classic. There's a very strong, and then, but my daughter read it and she said, mom, at 25, and she was like 27, I didn't know I was worthy, but I did have two loving parents. I had parents telling me I was worthy. Mm -hmm. So she said, you need a story in your book for people like me that don't understand why they don't feel good enough. And so that was helpful. So I put her story in the book because that can happen through a lot of different sources, not always a divorce or abuse or an yeah. absent parent or that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So I think it's a really big and important question and drives so much because even the loneliness idea, if I don't feel good enough, then my own sense of insecurity is going to pr promote social anxiety because I'm so afraid you might reject me because mm -hmm. I reject me, mm -hmm. not love me or like me because I don't love or like me even though you don't know that, I'm projecting all of that onto you. And mm -hmm. that's going to be, create a lot of anxiety that might, you know, compromise how well I engage. It's not the be all end all, but man, if I were to pick no, that's a, one thing. I think that's probably one of the biggest things. And, and, and I don't yeah. know if you just saw my face, but I just had a realization. I've been a single dad for a long time. My son's now 19 and he still struggles with a couple of things. And, and it's always been my fear that in the midst of all of the stuff that he had to deal with, changing schools all the time, having to, having to work himself through a divorce that, you know, wasn't his fault. And I'm going to have to have him read that book if I can mm -hmm. get him to read. Well, it's on Audible. I just got oh, good. on Audible with a great narrator. I, yeah. Sounds, sounds good. I, I'm, he's, he's, he's an online kid, you know, he's a Gen Z and they're interesting the way they learn. They, they're masters of group, group work. I mean, there was actually a, a study done on it 
mm-hmm. um, where they brought a bunch of Gen Zs together, sat them down, gave them a subject to research. And it was interesting. It was five of them. Four started talking and the last one got on a computer and started running Google. And they got, they got their pro- project framework done. Lickety split. No, no problem. Mm-hmm. As it, and and these, they, they didn't know each other. They were just tasked with it and they went for it. And I was wow. like, that's amazing. You couldn't have done that with me and my generation. We'd have just looked yeah. at each other and went, you're on your own. See you later. <laughs> right, right, right. We, yeah, we were that something way. about how they do it, right? It, it really is. It, and I, but when it comes to himself, it's hard to get him to do anything. I mean, he, does, he has his little things, but that's about it. So I'm, I'm what I... Well, and I try to promote not like I want, you know... I'm not glad for what happened to me when my dad, dad left in a very unfortunate way at 14, which really was the fracture for me. It was pretty much a light bulb moment because he inadvertently as an alcoholic, though we didn't see his over drinking, kind of made it my sisters and my father. He's like, I'm leaving you. Oh, wow. Not just your mom. I can't do family. Like, right. yeah, that was the, and then of course, two years later, I'm 200 pounds and suicidal. Of course. I wonder why. Yeah. I wonder why. But I also, because of that trauma, because of the work of trauma that your son and others can do. And, you know, 19, I, I, wasn't ready to maybe do all the work, feel all the pain, because with trauma, you have to be willing to re-experience some of what happened. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't, I mean, the therapists I was working with at the time were they're well-intended, but they basically just sat with me and I talked. I didn't learn about what, other than reading the books I did, worth a sense of relationship to self, a sense that 19-year-old Catherine, or whatever-year-old Catherine, needed to talk to that 14-year-old mm-hmm. who, at 13, thought she was good enough, and at 14, got confused. Right. That's called parts work. So, again, I'm really about, like, trauma is so hard, but it is such a platform by which such deep things can happen within right. ourselves. And now, with a relationship to myself, when I take my final breath, I know I'm going to be with myself in a way that undoes another kind of aloneness that I never would have had before if I hadn't had that trauma and to go inside and heal that trauma. So, the allergies are playing again. We have, when we all have them, this thing where we've made mistakes. Sometimes we learn from them, sometimes we don't. Hopefully we do. And those mistakes lead to regret. There, there have been a couple of times where people have asked me, well, what do you regret in your life? And I'm thinking, I regret a lot of shit in my life, you know, but I don't dwell on them because you know, unless you bring them up, I don't think about them. I just don't, I don't have the time. But you, you say that there's a way to make peace with that so that it's not, there's not an emotional anchor on it. Does that make sense? It totally does because, well, and this isn't challenging you on that, but more invitational for you, Mike. If you don't think about it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist inside exactly. of you. It does. And where, where there's regret, there can be shame. And shame is really a toxic emotional experience where guilt, and this always surprises people because I don't believe there are truly negative emotions. There are core emotions and each one has its place. If I didn't have regret, a system that cued me, or if I didn't have a system that helped me feel guilty, which is kind of in the family of sadness, like Mm -hmm. say I cut somebody off on the freeway, I feel a little guilty. I frightened somebody. I changed my driving. Had I not felt guilty, we have, but you know, that's not a steady state of guilt. That's mm-hmm. a, a wave of guilt, mm-hmm. change behavior. Mm-hmm. That's a five second, like that's done. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I would say we need to befriend 
and, and sit with our regrets and guilt as sometimes a very adaptive and helpful response to a situation. Where it's appropriate to do that, sometimes it involves making amends with somebody, whether it's a kid, a partner, a friend, even yeah. a client, right? <clears throat> but there's that other piece of learning from it so that then I can forgive myself and putting those learnings into practice. So that, the, so that not like I'm traveling through life recklessly so I can have a lot of regrets to work with, but regrets are our evolution and they're not a problem without a problem story, but we do need to protect that sense of self from not harboring shame. There's a man who wrote a book called A Year to Live, and it's not because he was terminally ill. Another book, the Stephen Vine, and it really is a powerful teaching. He said, those that I work with that are terminally ill, say they're given like a year to live. One of the things they change in their life, and they get real busy like, okay, so right now, what is today, the 30th, say you and I, Mike, are going to die. We know we're going to die on 2021 on October 30th. What does that inform about our life? Self-forgiveness, forgiving others, making amends, like finishing that unfinished business. And the premise of his book is, why do you have to wait till you're terminally ill? If you do that year, that's transformation. Yeah. So living from a place of not like tempting fate and death, but someday it will be our last year. And what a great life to know that I'm not traveling with unfinished business. So again, our regrets are going to inform what, where that unfinished business is. So thank you for that question. It's a really great question. And we don't have to be afraid of that. Yeah, it's a, it's a deep one. I think, I think a lot of people miss the fact that all you're doing is suppressing if you don't do those things. And, and I still have that stuff to work through too. Don't get me wrong. Well, and let's go back and connect a dot maybe that if I have regret and guilt, so see, if I don't have worth, then my mistakes become confirmation bias mm -hmm. and I'm a bad person mm -hmm. and I'm not good enough. But if I have intrinsic worth, my fallibility, I'm not afraid of that. So I can face it. And sometimes that's, again, that's why it's such a far reaching thing, worth. That's why I don't deal with my regrets because it's going to be so toxic inside of me. Mm -hmm. I haven't made peace with my humanity and my imperfections. Makes sense to me. So you, you got like some real deep passion for this, obviously. And as I said, this, this whole thing kind of leads into the, why do you do this? I mean, what's, what's the driver for you? I mean, other than you get it, it's, this is, this is your, this is your calling. I mean, what even callings for some people kind of phase out unless there's a why behind it, then what's yours? Well, it isn't like a belief and then thank goodness I had a calling. It's like one needs purpose in life, you know? And I, I, what I experienced and what I've always seen in my clinical practice, much less where I've seen even my kids before they found more of a sense of direction and purpose, those that did, did, didn't have clarity right away. It's part of, you know, having our feet on the ground and having a really powerful way to have a meaningful life. But purpose can be, you know, <clears throat> kindness to strangers as much as a professional trajectory. Yep. So I, I really throw a wide net with what that can be. And especially for people that don't really have it clear in a professional way, they need to purpose their life. There, there are many ways to arrive at that. So, but it's really compelling. Like I loved public health, but, the, the bloom was a little bit fading, 
now that I look back. So I was able to listen and keep being open to, mm-hmm. especially with that retreat, my life going in a left turn. Like I, one more adventure my husband would want to do, we want to live in another country. Nice. I'll have to see if I'm going to do that because we'll see <laughs> how that relates. a nice dream. But we'll actually put some energy into starting with Costa Rica and Panama. What does that really look like? And now with Zoom, the upside of COVID, I can take my practice on the yep. road. So yep. I feel like adventuring and really listening and, you know, to me, that's the why is it's an incredible way to experience life and, and certainly unconventional as my life has always been starting with that GED. That's, that's just huge. And by the way, by the way, Costa Rica, yes, go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, de- definitely. I've got friends that are down there now and I've got other friends to move there. I keep getting invitations. I'm probably going to go down there to go look at a development that we're, we're talking about working on. It's, it's amazing. Let's put it that way. So yeah, definitely give, yeah. at least give it a shot and a visit. If you don't get to live down there, go down there and go check it well, out. Well, or, or some hybrid of be there, you know, two to four months of the year yeah. in a community where you get to know that community and keep residency, you know, in the States. I, I have grandchildren and you know, I'll, I'll always have to see my mountains and of see course. my Pacific Ocean. But, you know, when my, one of my kids just moved to Australia after doing study abroad, wow. I'm like, wow, wow, I went to San Francisco from Roseburg, Oregon, and I like broke the family code of not being an Oregonian. <laughs> I did, wasn't even on my radar. I could go live in another country. And I'm like, hey, I just matter that I'm 57. I want to turn. I want to do that. So darn it, I'm going to do it. I'm deserving of it. Dang straight. Sure. I'm out. Peace. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, guys, we're going to take another short 30-second break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what, what Catherine's working on now, where she's headed, what she's thinking. She kind of gave us a little bit of thought about what she's thinking about doing. But we're going to, we're going to dig in a little bit to uh, what she's actually doing. So in about 30 seconds, we'll be right back. Back here at Java Chat, hanging out with Catherine Jensen Burkett, talking about real cool stuff because, like, we've been, <laughs> we've, been, we've been digging into all kinds of cool stuff with you when it comes to mental health and how to take care of things and how to, how to perceive and how to actually frame thoughts and feelings, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm, there's a ton more guys. Trust me. This is this particular podcast format is too short to be able to do what I would like Catherine to do, <laughs> but we're getting out as much as we can. So this last section is just basically talks about what you're doing now. What are you, what are you doing now? What are your goals? What are you working on? Where is Catherine headed? Hmm. Well, you know, my beloved seventh child, my book, River to Ocean. So I'm really, I, I'm proud of it. And I, I really feel like it, it has a place. So I'm doing podcasting and we did just do the audio version of it only two months ago. Oh, so that was a process. So that, you know, I, I kind of love what I do. My goal is, is to deeply enjoy, you know, I'm not so far from retirement, actually, and my husband's a bit older than I, so if I just keep doing what I'm doing and just change up, like, wow, I do a retreat, but maybe I'm doing an international retreat, keep meeting people like you, and keep kind of spreading the word of wakefulness, and my practice tends to run full, so it's not like I have more hours of the day, I have to actually watch that, because I love the work so much, I can be a, a little bit on that workaholic edge and especially with zoom i have to take care of my body around Mm -hmm. it but you know webinars i'm kind of looking at that what how far can i take a virtual reality 
before it's really not the same right. experience as right. in person. And hopefully this time next year or even sooner, we'll have, you know, our leg over COVID and we can start to begin to have group gathering safely. Yes, yes. Uh, please, yeah. sometime soon. Yeah, exactly. We just get through this already. Yeah, yeah. A challenge for me right now is just taking care of myself with these, the intensity of my practice, because people have, you know, the statistics you're hearing are true. The suicide rate, the addiction rate, the marriages or you know, relationships, really big challenges around how to do this long-term. Mm -hmm. So that's real. And then I have to, you know, I'm not raising children, trying to do homeschooling at the same time, but really, mm -hmm. really keep taking good care of myself. You know, if I can't go to movies, if I can't travel, and if that was sourced my happiness, mm -hmm. then I have to keep doing what I invite my clients to do, which is find deeper and new ways to experience um, life as sometimes very hard and sometimes mm -hmm. certainly truly scary, mm -hmm. but also amazing and good. Agreed. I have so many thoughts for you on what you can do with that. <laughs> Uh, being, being a marketer, I'm thinking, oh, there's an info product. Oh, there's a coaching program. Oh, there's this, there's that. And we'll <laughs> well, let's talk. Hey, maybe working with you is in my future. I'll state that. I, you as know what? Well, any, anything's possible. <laughs> there it's you just go. The, the idea of what you have as far as value to bring to the general populace, I think, is the awakening part that we kind of touched on a little bit that is so necessary because we're, we're talking about we've been taken out of our routine for six months at this point almost completely. Mm -hmm. And we've been shut in when we're used to being open out into the world, you know, going to work, being with friends, going out and being social, you know, and even the introverts are, are starting to feel it. I mean, I've got friends that are, and they're just like, yeah, I'm not really digging this anymore. <laughs> it was really nice when everybody got entered my world. Right. And it's like, right. yeah, welcome. Like, yeah, yay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and now it's like, yeah, you guys got to go. And so do I, I mean, so th there's, there's just, when you do that to a, I think, I think this is just a human thing, human condition. We've been pulled from our routine. We've been given a routine. We are completely unused to, and we don't know how to deal with it. And I think your information has to be out there in some form. Besides Thank the book. You. Um, well, there's a, I don't know if one of the podcasts I referenced it, a couple I did last week with one, there's a research based on astronauts, very different, mm -hmm. called third quarter isolation. And okay. it's what happened for to the astronauts in sustained isolation, because that's, they're up there. Yeah. So they had anxiety, oh, yeah. <laughs> then they had depression, and then they got really restless and rowdy. And then they started feeling like you're in your bubble and I'm in mine. I'm thinking you're mad at me right now. All this stuff started happening, the, the longer term effect. And so, yeah, we haven't done this before and we are doing it, but hopefully we learn from the first six months as we may have another six months and in going into winter. Yep. There are certainly silver linings with this. I see people deeply struggling with this, but also waking up some veils have really lifted. Maybe we do need marriage counseling because now I've spent so much time with you. I can't just have mobility be a way I don't deal with some of our problems. Yeah. Or maybe I just realize I need to work at home or work less or because I really now see, I can't even imagine not seeing my kids as much as I have. So I, I think we'll look back at this time and there will be a lot. I, I, I find it very interesting that a lot of what people are calling the narratives that are out there now, when you, when you have a human that lives in quote unquote normal stasis, 
it's easy to feed it to them and they'll take it. You put them in lockdown and you give them time to themselves. Suddenly, all of a sudden, they're just starting to question everything around them. Yes, yes. Well, and it kind of goes back to Orion Mountain, I'm forgetting the name, but it's a, it's a powerful poem called The Invitation, and one of the stanzas in it is, do you truly love the company you keep? Kind of can you also, it's really, we read it at the beginning of our retreats to just really um, have impact. And boy, truly keeping your own company, and especially for people that live alone and need to be COVID safe. But one of the cool things about this next stage and the holidays Mm -hmm. is we need to get out of judgment. We need to get honest with our choices. We need to be self-supporting of our choices, but know that, Mike, your choices may not work for me Mm -hmm. and my choices may not work for you. Mm -hmm. So we get to not judge. We get to be creative about, is there a collaborative uh, way to stay connected or see each other or have holiday times or not. Or not. But what a, what a great way to bridge differences right now, which our, our country and people have a hard time doing, this, to have a collaborative approach to decision-making. And there's a, and there's a, and there's a little, there's a little statement that I learned. And I can't remember who taught it to me following up the or not. And it's three words and that's okay. And that's the part that's missing. Yeah. Everybody goes or not. And that's not okay. You can't be that way. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It is okay. Yeah. Live and let live. You do you. I'll do me. Even though we can't collaborate this way, it's okay. I still love you. You're still here. Well, right. You have to make a choice of which is more important, your ideology or your relationships. And I'm not saying that I'm going to relax my principles and my core values. That's not, um, that's not what that's about. From a place of also not expressing them. That's not, but that's not what that's about. Exactly. Yep. And if we do stay in our lane with not glaring at the lanes next to us, creating a sense of curiosity mm-hmm. and respect and actually within our family, my children, you know, we're on a continuum of left-leaning, right-leaning. But the main thing is we would never choose out of relationship and we can talk and be receptive and curious with each other. And so there's so much common ground. That's the sad thing for me is because I had to do that as a couples therapist. I'd have two people. And because I always was committed to not taking a side, I literally in the middle of the couch would see a bubble and it would start to fill and it was all the common ground, but they were off being super positional. I don't want a dog. You want a dog, like whatever it would be. And there, they actually, there was resonance towards each other's position, but it was all about power and control. So yeah, I love that's what the it idea always, of working the common ground. Piece. It always, yeah. it always, you know, it's, 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 what's really interesting to me is, and this is whether you're in personal life, you're in business life or whatever life you happen to be in, what you just said right there, it's the common ground that you find the best position to work from because from there, anything's possible. Yeah, I don't exactly. want a dog. All right, you don't want a dog. I still love you because you do this for me. Well, I still love you because mm-hmm. I still do this for you. And That's you right. do this for me. And it's like, well, there you have it. This is where you begin to work from. That's right. And, you know, obviously in that kind of case, and it's funny because that was something that my husband and I had to, he would call an animal, quote unquote, one more needy creature, which is kind of his <laughs> a famous thing in our family. I wanted to get t-shirts, needy creature, needy wife, needy creature number one, needy creature number two, needy <laughs> dog awesome. number one. But when we did a two-year collaborative process, what was so powerful, and he loves, we just, she's two years into our life now. Uh-huh. And you had to get your ego aside because I didn't know if I was going to get a dog. Mm-hmm. 
And it wasn't about the outcome. It was just about working together creatively. We, we did it so differently, and he doesn't resent that dog. Yes, you can't both have a dog and not have a dog, or have a baby and not have a baby. Mm-hmm. But it's really about how the process feels on the other side of a decision. Yeah. And, and win-win is a real feeling that we can have. And I don't ever use the word compromise, because that's usually like, well, you gave up as much as I did. And okay. yeah, that's, just that's, a that's not a real energy. win. Yeah, it's not a real win. No. It's interesting that you, you use that. And, and the first thing that hits my mind was the old farmer versus the florist. Mm. The farmer looks at a flower and goes, that's a weed. <laughs> and the yeah. florist looks at the, at, at the wheat and goes, ew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, but they both have a purpose. You know, that's it, right. So yeah. it, it, I, I totally get that. So where can people find you? Where, if somebody wants to come, I mean, obviously we're going to have your links below, but go ahead for those that are listening or watching. Where can people find you? Well, I, I've never closed my practice, though it's full, so I don't know that I can literally offer, you know, those professional services, but mm-hmm. I do do retreats and workshops, less now, you know, and but we'll have webinars, maybe I'm kind of thinking about developing that. Sure. But on my website, I'm on different podcasts now, so awesome. I'm kind of more active in that. And you know, I have a couple. I, I have a couple. I'd like to get you to as uh, Ooh, Sean good. Douglas has one called Life Transformation. You need to be on that one. Wonderful, that'd be uh, awesome. Yeah, he's a he's a great guy too. You'll you'll totally yeah yeah, yeah. And you know, my book actually one of the public health things <clears throat> about my book was I believe in affordability and whether I don't trust counselors, I can't afford a counselor, I can't drive to one, or I don't want to do telehealth. I do think books like mine and the ones I've mentioned are powerful resources for transformation. Awesome. And we've kind of stopped reading. Luckily, there's audio now. Yeah. That's fine. If you don't yeah. want to pick up a physical book, it's better for the planet. But I don't have a I choice. Would... I got three and Audible. It's like, <laughs> oh, there you go. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, so, so I would so they say can, that. They can, you're, on, well, you're on Facebook and you're on Twitter. So, you know, we'll be following you. I'm not very active, so you're my little encouragement. Not, not, not a, a problem. Trust, trust me, there's going to be plenty of people following you. You start putting out any content. LinkedIn, if anybody wants to connect with her there, we need to connect there for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I believe you have you have a website, Harbor, Harbor? Mm-hmm. Harbor Glow Holistic. So Energy okay. Counseling is my counseling business. Harbor Glow Publishing is the publishing company Got I it. created so I can publish my book. My husband's a chiropractor, so we de- decided because he works in our little space that we created. Nice. We have one website. Yeah, with all of, with the two of us here. So perfect. Harbor Glow Holistic. Perfect, perfect. Oh, the time runs way too fast sometimes. I have one more question for you though. In your business right now, obviously you're, you're, you're well, you're doing fine. I mean, as far as being full up with, with clients and stuff like that, but what's, what's the biggest challenge you're facing right now in your business? Well, it's, it's what I guess I referenced before. I'm human too. Mm -hmm. And so, and not that I process what goes on for me with my clients. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty unconventional there too, compared to (laughs) which I, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing not, at all. Thank you. It's not I a bad thing. We, those professionalism has got to really hit refresh and yeah. what we understand what that looks like. But the challenge of doing pretty much now in the winter, my entire full practice on Zoom and any retreats, that is just a walk. It's mm-hmm. not what I signed up for. I had a little tantrum like six weeks ago. My body had a tantrum. I'm like, I didn't sign up for this. It's like, <laughs> well, thank goodness you could do it because my husband couldn't Zoom his chiropractic practice. Yeah, right. right? I'd so like to do I am also very grateful. Just turn a little bit this way for me. Pardon me? 
I was oh, like, right. exactly. right. oh, right. just, exactly. yeah, no, just a little more. Can you remember how this adjustment felt? Right, right, right. Bump up against that wall. Woo. That's funny. I'm going to tell him that. Um, I'm sure I'll get a kick out of it. Yeah. So that's the logistical challenge. I guess the, the deeper work is, but it keeps me on my toes because I will mm -hmm. never be a hypocrite. That if I can't find the good in life when life is hard and life is quite dynamic right now, and gosh, we had fire forest fires, so we couldn't yes. even go outside. That was our lovely reality. And so that was intense. You know, it's over. So I get to keep exploring what that is. And I need to keep really taking care of myself on a lot of levels, emotionally, physically, yep. spiritually. So it's not even a challenge, I, I guess, to me. That's the opportunity. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's, and I'm so glad you said it that way. I hear a lot of times, although I put the question out as a challenge, I always look to see if somebody's really looking at it from the standpoint of, yeah, it's a challenge, but that also opens up a lot of doors. It, exactly. it always does, no matter how you look yeah. at it. I mean, that, that's what pivots are for. That's what new opportunities in, in any other realm might happen to pop up. You know, I've had trainers go from being private practice and all of a sudden they're making five figures in corporate training and they're booked out for six months. And I'm looking at them going, did we just have this conversation? <laughs> Any, anything, anything's possible. Cool. Well, I want to thank you once more for coming mm. and sharing your knowledge, your wisdom, your insight, your story. It's amazing. I think there's a lot more to talk about, though. I, I, don't, I don't think we covered more than like a mustard seed of this and would probably love having you back if, if you're open to it. I would love that. Yeah. yeah I, and I, I, yeah. Think, I think there's a lot more to be, to be discussed, only because... Again, we're dealing with a community of entrepreneurs and business professionals who are busy, even though they're home working remotely. They are busy oh, <coughs> and they're missing over half of what we just talked about. Mm. So I think, I think letting them in on the fact that the whole and it's okay is there because a lot of yeah. them are thinking it's not. Right. And that, you know, they're, they're in their professional life, humanly so. Mm -hmm. And so I love your contribution to the world. So thank you, Mike, for being one of my already favorite podcasts that I've been on. And I'd love to come back. My and... goal has been achieved. At least one of them. <laughs> you're just like, you're not supposed to have favorite children. But there's some that you really, really enjoy. Well, yeah. I, right? I totally. Okay. So since you, since you said that, I got to share this. <laughs> and then I'll tell you my coffee story if you want. Oh, yes, so please. We'll, we'll do that too before we sign off. I posted something, I think it was yesterday. Let me see if I can pull it up. It was, it was, I wish my siblings would stop calling me spoiled just because I'm the baby of the family. I am the youngest. Mm -hmm. The fact is my parents kept having children until they found one they liked. It's not my issue. <laughs> love that. I love that. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Uh, so, so what is this coffee, coffee story? Yeah, bring it, bring yeah, it. Let's hear it's it. When I, so I sit with strong cups of coffee to two big ones every morning, often on the deck looking at the river. So are you I, sure, are you I, sure I, you're not, are you sure you're not German, German in any way? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have a weird disease called hemochromatosis, which is a mouthful, but basically <laughs> caffeine keeps the iron from attaching to my organs. Oh, Especially no. therapeutically, it's all right. I get to drink coffee every day. Okay. But I, in my, because, because of the idea of wakefulness, one of my readers is like, cause I put that in the book. Uh -huh. that I in the meditation section uh -huh. I just said I sit every day with my cup of coffee and my met and my readers like Catherine don't you think it should be herbal tea and I'm like give me a break 
it's not herbal tea it's coffee and if somebody doesn't want my, like my book because i'm drinking coffee on my deck rather than herbal tea right there's so way too keep many stigmas around that it just drives me nuts. i'm a I tea know. drinker i got away from coffee oh good for you i need the caffeine have a good day <laughs> yeah i love my caffeine right yeah. and right. The, Actually, it's become a comfort food for me because it's like mm. I just drink it to drink it. Plus, I do intermittent fasting, so this is black. You know, I put nothing in it. I keep it clean. I, I don't eat for 16 to 20 hours at a time, depending on the day. Anyway, going back to the book and what you actually put in there in the coffee story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, again, thank you, Mike, so much. And please reach out anytime to have finish the story. Finish, finish the story. Because you were, you were talking about the, the person came back to you and said, shouldn't it be herbal tea? Right. And I'm like, this book is all about authenticity. And, you know, that, that for me. So it not only had to stay in, it was kind of like putting on the back of the book that I yeah. attempted suicide. But it's not yeah. a book about suicide or telling my readers that I, you know, was a food addict and mm -hmm. weighed 200 pounds and had to get that right. Like, just the, you know, I'm not performative in the book. And there isn't, you know, to me, I don't know, it's like the, the idea of like the Midwesterners that could pick up a book on wakefulness and go, oh, thank God she drinks coffee. Because <laughs> if, if there's somebody from Portland, Oregon that only drinks tea, Portlandia, and, you know, loves chickens, then, you know, I'm, be I'm not vegan either. I, I love um, chicken. Oh, you mean chickens live ones. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking I love chicken. I eat it every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shucks. This has been, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you again very much for, for joining us here on Java chat. My gosh, guys, if you can find her, follow her, we gave, we'll give you the links down below as always down in the comments. If you guys have questions, by the way, just know that you can, you can always put questions down below, but we will either forward them over to Catherine or Catherine, if you want to follow this on YouTube, we do get questions. Um, okay, feel perfect. free to answer them directly and, okay. and get them over to your website or whatever to, yeah, to get yeah, more yeah. information. If you're watching on YouTube and you're not a subscriber yet, there's a button right there that says subscribe. And there's also a little bell there. Hit that bell because that tells you when we're bringing up another episode, okay? We usually do premieres on it. So pay attention, guys. It's We publish, I think, every Monday and Thursday. We're actually falling behind. We might have to do a third day of publishing. That would be cool. And if you're listening to us on a podcast platform, make sure you download or subscribe, whatever that is. If you're listening to us on Anchor, which is where we home base our, our recordings, anchor.fm, feel free to make a donation and support our little podcast. Every little bit helps. We always like to end these. We always say the same thing. And it's because we mean it. We love every one of you. We appreciate every one of you for watching, for listening, for downloading, for subscribing, whatever it is. And if you can share this out, please do, because somebody out there is going to want to hear what, whoops, what was just said by our guest today. I keep forgetting I'm reversed. <laughs> what was just said by our guest today. Share it out. Give it to other people to, to, to pick up the golden nuggets that you may have picked up or some more that you may not have. It's all good and it's okay. So, for Catherine Jensen Burkett, I'm going to have to get so used to that. My goodness. For Catherine Jensen Burkett, myself, Coffee with Mike, stay up, stay safe, stay healthy, and live from both of us to all of you. Ciao for now. For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. 
a production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.